Yeah, I'll be honest. I listened to like two episodes. It's a it's uh-huh. a decent podcast. We're recording now as of five seconds okay. ago. Welcome to Has Discusses. We got Tommy. Tommy who? Lombardozzi is how you say the name. Okay. I didn't want to I didn't want to say it. I had to have you say it. You don't want to butcher it. I get you. It's That's pretty the... phonetic, you know, it's pretty much as it's written, but I appreciate uh I appreciate you asking before you went along and uh you know, fucked it up. <laughs> I could yeah. I could curse here, right? Yeah, I could curse. Yeah. Oh no, we're not a Christian radio show. <laughs> Sometimes I accidentally tune into them because, like, there's a certain radio frequency where it has the classical music, and the okay. classical music and the Christian channels are right next to each other. Uh-huh. And, um, so depending on where you are that day, you get you get one channel or the other. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, you know how it is. They also have a. Frank Sinatra channel was pretty good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's what my grand when I was a kid. Like that's what my grandfather had on in the car. You know, um, it wasn't um, just Frank Sinatra, but it was all the that style. music from the '30s, '40s, some of the '50s. It was great. It was WNEW here in New York, and it would be, uh, it would you know, you'd get in his car and you'd be transported back to the fucking '40s. It was awesome, you know. And I, I remember it to yeah. this day. Like Bronx Tale um, type thing, like Bronx Tale, but yeah, when he's but, a kid, when he's a kid. Yeah, but that was like that was a lot of uh, doo wop and stuff. This was more like, you know, like post like World War Two, like big late forties. Yeah, like you know, even early forties. You know, just really cool Harry James and Sinatra. You know, Duke Ellington, like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, we were telling me really about awesome. speaking of radio, we were kind of <clears> talking about how the show kind of evolved from being done over the phone into like you know zoom stuff so like uh-huh. um how would you say your show has evolved um oh it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't so damn it i think it's evolved it um we don't use the video we record video because we do, we do it on zoom so we record it as a backup just in case something happens but we don't ever use the video i don't want to look look at my face you know like your 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 listeners are going to look at this and be like oh i got to tune out you know so um hey, come on. So I don't, don't like say that use... man. <laughs> I don't like to use the video. Um I also feel like like I was telling you generally when I listen to podcasts I listen to them while I'm doing something else. So whether it be driving or sitting and drawing cuz I'm an artist so I'll I'll be at my desk. I can't really watch things. So a lot of podcasts that are video only or they release video content I don't ever really watch it. I'll watch clips, like I said, on Instagram here and there. I'll watch like the one minute clips, sometimes yeah. a little real clips. But I, I just don't have the time to watch an hour's worth of video. You so know? you're really like consuming content on the go type of thing. So like yeah, your favorite well, forms of content. Let me guess. Your favorite forms of content are music and podcasts. Is that what yeah, I assume? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What else is there really? Yeah. So <laughs> let's, let's introduce your show. So you're a co-host of a podcast called... The Hoof with Chris yeah, Lodondo yes. or however you say his name. Before Chris Lodondo, yeah. Lodondo. So before this podcast started, did you ever do a trial run in terms of starting content creating? Like Chris what other form I, of content well, did you make before The Hoof? Well, I have another show that I've been doing since uh, 2017 with my friend Mike. It's yeah. called Jacked Kirby. And that's a comic book related podcast. But nice. Yeah, unlike other comic book related shows, though, this is actually fun and funny. You know, like we're, 
it's we love Jack Kirby. He created the Marvel Universe and so much more. If people don't know, um, Stanley gets all the credit, but Jack was the guy doing the work. Yeah. And so this is a show like a love letter to him. So we explore all of his work and also how his work informs other pop culture. We have comic book industry folks on the show. We have our friends on the show. And we also tell our own funny stories and anecdotes and not safe for work, you know, tales and whatnot, yeah. you know. That's what I like about Jack Kirby um, is the fact that he did DC stuff as well. Like he yeah. really oh, had yeah. so many different forms. Like I have a book over there, like a uh, one of those little biography books, but it's uh-huh. more of like an art-related biography book like where it shows a lot of his like it's more of like a explanation of like it's real visual. It's not like a yeah, of mass market paperback where like he was what, born in Liston. I, f- I forget. <laughs> you know the name? I mean, I might walk the over The King of Comics or something like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. And it's about... That was one of the... That's about like 12, 12 or 13 years old. Maybe a little more, actually. But yeah, it's it's obviously, it's all visual because that's what he did, you know? Yeah, and I love, um, I love comic books as well because... And I, I don't get into them as much as I used to because I yeah. used to have a comic book YouTube channel 2015, oh, cool. 2016. And I'd, I'd do little vlogs and me going to a comic book store. And oh, cool. um, I'd like... It was just like so much fun and stuff, and I I show like the new collection I have, uh, the new item I got. Like I'll show you right now, Wolverine number one. Oh, cool! Frank Miller. Like that. Which one is it? Wolverine number one. Awesome. Like the four-part series from the '80s. Mm -hmm. Let me put that shit back. Yeah, Frank Miller and uh, Chris Miller, dude. Oh my goodness! I have one of the. You know the four-part series, Dark Knight Returns. I have one of them over there. I have like thirty framed issue. up. Framed up, yeah. Awesome, cool. That's good stuff, man. It's it's strange, you know. Like nowadays, being a comic book. How old are you, Mike? You're young. I think you're younger than me. I'm seventeen. What are you? How old? Seventeen. Seventeen? You're seventeen? Yeah. Why? Oh shit! I didn't think you were that young. That's crazy. I think you're at least in your twenties. God bless, man. Um, yeah. So you're a fucking kid. So I'm an old man compared to you. I could, you could be my son. That's a, <laughs> that's all. I mean, I'm just still. I I don't like limitations. Like I fucking, I, I love the um, old comic book stuff. But like nobody, it's weird to find people who are really into that stuff because a lot of the comics people my demographic would be into is like uh Japanese comics. That's yeah, manga huge. Like that. That's huge. Yeah. Like I'm talking. Yeah, kids have like 60 like things like 60 trade paper i don't know mangas <laughs> you know and they have them like go across their like wall and it's like shit, yeah, yeah like that's a lot it's a big it's a big thing i never got into that when i was really into comics you know when i was younger than you when i was collecting like steadily that was just coming in so i was in high school and manga just started to become popular and that's kind of when I stopped collecting, but I've always bought comics throughout my life, but trades, you know, collections, like I never followed month to month. Um, nowadays I do with certain issues, certain titles, but uh, it's something that Mike and I have grown up with, we love. And it's also a way to kind of teach younger generations like yourself about Jack Kirby and what he did for the industry, you know, like all these movies yeah. and whatnot. 50 years DC, from when he created it. It's like yeah, more billions. so. Yeah, I mean, 
Fantastic Four was the first Marvel comic, and that started in 1961. So I'm bad at math, but that's like 60, yeah, 60 years ago, something like that. Yeah, dude. Um, like, oh, shit, we're in the 2020s, ago? I forgot. Yeah, 2021. So shit. Yeah, dude. Like, if I was um, good at math, I could figure it out, but uh, <laughs> I guess 60 me, years man. ago, yeah. 60, yeah, like... But and the, it's, still it's just the impact. fact that it maintained its, those characters that he created yeah. with yeah. Stan maintained the relevancy past like being regularly produced. Yes, they, but like yeah, now, I'm not saying I hate like the new comics. They don't have that much traction, but they're like they're still being adapted, and that's what's yeah, cool of about course. It. It's like um, it's like people doing like a <laughs> Last Christmas cover or something like that. <laughs> well, it's a, that's terrible. It's. Yeah. It's really awesome when you think about like these characters that were created basically for kids by these middle-aged men so many years ago. I mean, fucking Batman's about 80 years old, something like that. That they're still today like beloved, you know, and they're making movies and TV shows about this shit. And so, you know, Mike and I do that show and we get on there and we talk about these old characters, how they relate to new characters, what's going on in pop culture as far as like what Jack Kirby influenced. You know and there's never... There's never, you know, nothing to talk about. Like, we always yeah. have stuff to talk about. And, again, we have guests come on and stuff. It's really cool. I'm scared of when, um, like, the society is, like, done with and they find these ancient comic books and think that's how we live. Yeah, like that, <laughs> exactly. I, like, I wish, I'm a, I wish I was alive for, like, an alien to find a comic book and be like, this is how it was. Like, there is giant galactic <laughs> Robots and guys. Like, I bet this a, might be, like, barred off as, like, a... Um, a scary, <laughs> dangerous zone because of the history of giant <laughs> invaders in the sh- scriptures. Like, yeah, it's, why not? You know, that's probably what's gonna happen. Like, do you really think they're gonna like look at a TV and think that people pop up on the TV and stuff like that? I mean, maybe <laughs> they might. That's like the type of shit that like I think about. I don't know why. You could start writing it down. Write a movie. Yeah, about aliens yeah. discovering the rem- remnants of. The American yeah. civilization. Why the fuck not? The, we might we be we might be coming up with like a, a movie idea on a podcast, know, just like right, Kevin, right Kevin Smith did. Just like Kevin Smith did. Oh, a Tusk. Yeah. Dude, do you like that movie? That's real divisive. I like it. Yeah. You know what? I really like it, and I think it's creepy up until the part when Johnny Depp's character is introduced. Then it takes like a weird comedic turn, and and I think that was a great character, and he's really good in that role, and he's funny, but. In the context of that movie, I thought he was kind of out of place. Because up until then, it's really like fucking creepy, you know? I feel like it was a cool movie about karma. About karma? Yeah. Like how he's like making fun of the people or like... Of course, yeah. The kid and then he... um, Like just like the effects of like talking too much. (laughs) How How you treat other people, yeah, of course. Exactly. Like I feel like... I, when I watched it, I was like, dang, who hurt you, Kevin Smith, <laughs> in a way, um, you know, but tell me about, like, if you were to recommend The Hoof to somebody, what would you say uh-huh. about the show? Like, well, we right now we're taking a little bit of a break uh, because we've we've recorded every week for 71 weeks straight. And for about two months in the, over the summer, we were doing two episodes a week when everybody was on lockdown and. We were like, fuck it, let's create some content for people, you know? We were having a lot of guests. We got a little political, which I don't really like to do, but during the summer, it was hard to not, you know, um, have those kind of conversations. 
So the thing that I like about it is that it's it's real. You know, like we don't it's funny and we kind of talk about our lives and stuff, but it's also like we're not holding back as far as our opinions, you know, like we want people to kind of for me anyway, like I can't speak for Chris, but I know for me, unlike the Jack Kirby show that I do, the reason the appeal of doing this show was that it wasn't about anything specific. So mm. kind of like your show where you have different types of guests on that yes. do different types of thing. That's kind of what I wanted to do with this show, like have different people from all walks of life, different creative people talk about what they do, what influences them and just talk about it straight, you know, straight up like New York style. Like we talk, you know, that was the thing that, that I wanted to um, really push with the show. And, and I feel like we have, you know, but we're just taking a, a little bit of a break. Chris is, is dealing with a lot on his end and um, it was falling on me to do a lot of stuff. And I was like, you know what, let's just take a break until we can both kind of do it together again and so that we're just taking a little break shouldn't be too long but just want a little breather you know yeah like there's a um <clears throat> there's a real personal element to the show but there's also a moment where like you'll bring brian o'howard on you know and i love yeah. those episodes like the, the um <laughs> joseph d'onofrio or whatever d'onofrio i yeah, love yeah. that episode that's the first episode i heard by the way because i it was like oh, hash, cool. it was like hashtag goodfellas and I was, was going to ask you how you found. Yeah. How did you find us? Do, so do I just followed hashtag? hashtag Goodfellas or something. Oh, cool. And then I saw like the interview and I saw the um, post about you interviewing him. And I was like, oh, that's like young, young, yeah, uh, young Joe Pesci young character. Yeah. And I was like, because I love, you know, I love Scorsese <clears throat> films. I feel like yeah, it's not too. like hard to see. Let me think. I got like. You got stuff back there? I got stuff. I got a lot of Scorsese DVDs and stuff. I got. Yeah, me too, man. That's my favorite director Started. since I was. Nice. My they filmed that at my friend's bar. Really? Uh, the Irish Haven. Yeah. Yeah. The scene I, with the, I love with that the cranberry movie, juice the and stuff. And like, there's so many references to like the Departed in the music I listen to. Like, Lil Wayne said, um, "Word to Marky Mark, leave a snitch departed." <laughs> I just love that shit. But and um, and it's just like um. Yeah, Scorsese's like um, what? How do I say it? He's been so rele relevant in cinema yeah. since like the fucking sixties, man, or seventies. Yeah, yeah I mean mainstream since the seventies, but making stuff yeah. since the sixties. Like yeah. in nineteen sixty, he didn't know how to make use a camera. I guess probably, <laughs> but like now it's like, I feel like I go up to someone and I'm like, "So you like Martin Scorsese?" And you're like, "Who?" But then I tell them a movie he's made, and they're like. Oh, we made all of them yeah, movies, yeah. man. Like, oh, snap. Yeah. Somebody, I mean, it, you could take Goodfellas, Raging Bull, and Taxi Driver alone. And you, those are mainstays of, of cinema, modern cinema, you know? And now on top of that, you have a ton of other great movies, you know? Like The Departed, Mean Streets, which, which is my, one of my favorites. Uh, Cape man. Fear, you know, like... Uh, so many great things he's done over the years and they they range from being huge like the aviator or gangs of new york to being really kind of small like um mean streets uh, mean streets or um what's the one with griffin dunn uh 20 uh where he's like oh what's uh or the guy he's trapped oh shit after i can't hours? think of the guy after hours yeah i'm yeah. sorry 
couldn't think of the name. So like, like something. Yeah, dude. yeah. Yeah. He's 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 always you know since I was a kid since I was aware of movies he's always been my favorite and not just for, because I love Goodfellas and like gangster movies because I think he offers more than that you know. And he's well um, respected he's by known. the indie film fans, but also he's respected yeah, by yeah. the mainstream, huge cinema fans who are like into, of course, the new the new sh- like everybody. A lot of, I don't know a lot of people that like hate Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, there is a specific it's, crowd. It's a good one. It's who, a good one. There's a specific crowd who probably gets offended by a couple things in the movie, but they're mainly just like you know that type of person who is going to get offended anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, like um, like. Let's say if they watch like a, uh, I don't know, like a dirty, like just, and a, you know, just that type of people. Anyways, but like <laughs> bringing out like a lot, an indie film fan would love bringing out the dead, you know? Yeah, bringing out the dead is another, like one of the smaller, smaller. ones, quote unquote. Yeah. Yes. And, Great movie. Uh, and again, underrated because I feel like it, it came and went. But if you watch it, it's like this is a fucking masterpiece. Like this is so well Paul done. Schrader, you know? Shouts out to Paul Schrader, dude. Like he's. Yeah he's pretty much on the level of Scorsese in terms of uh, not on the terms of directing because he kind of directs every now and then but like yeah, the he writing he still is relevant he's still like relevant in terms of like writing because he got the first reformed one that came out a couple of years ago with Ethan Hawke or something like that and he said, I didn't see that I didn't see, that I didn't see it either but like I heard it, it's res- I heard it's pretty like respected and stuff like that so yeah i mean paul schrader's been around as long as scorsese's been around he's not as well known obviously but you know the guys obviously because of taxi driver they're always going to yeah. be linked um but paul schrader has done so much good stuff on his own you know so as, a, as a writer and a director the hoof okay <clears throat> comes from a reference to and aligning goodfellas aligning goodfellas so uh-huh. you, i assume you're a big fan of robert de niro yeah, yeah. So for a I long got a time, good question was... about him. Go ahead, go ahead. What's your favorite Robert De Niro not direct? What's your favorite Robert De Niro movie not directed by Scorsese? By Scorsese? Oh, there's a lot of good ones. I really love the movie Night in the City. Do you know that movie? So it's a remake of a movie from the 50s, I believe. And it came out, I think, 92. It's a great role for De Niro. It's a kind of a comedic movie. Joe D'Onofrio is in it as well. Mm. We talked about that when we had him on. And it's directed by Erwin Winkler. If you know, he's oh, a producer. Yeah. He produced Rocky and Goodfellas and all this other shit. Yeah. And he actually directed this movie. And it's a really great role for him where he plays this lawyer, like this kind of shyster lawyer that, you know, has big dreams. And so his dream is to get into, to get into uh, boxing. So he wants to be a boxing promoter. And it's basically the movie is him trying to put together his first boxing event with all of these other kind of elements against him. So it's him hustling and and trying to work all these angles to try to get himself to that, you know, to this successful position. I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but it's an excellent role for De Niro. One of my favorite De Niro roles, not a movie that gets talked about a lot. Great cast, uh, Jessica Lange. Alan King what is the nemesis. Jack Warden, I think 92. Mm. I saw it in the movies. And I think it was 92, maybe 93, but I think it was 92. So I would recommend that movie to, to anybody. That's a really good New York movie, you know, like shot, shot here. 
excellent, excellent De Niro role. So I, I that comes to mind right away. So I would choose that one. Yeah, I got a, be my a non Scorsese. What about you? You got De Niro one? Movie. Yeah, I got one. Once upon a time in America, Sergio Leone. Oh, it's great. It's great. The um no, but the four hour cut, not the two and a half hour cut. The four hour <laughs> European cut is um. I had I haven't cried that badly since watching Titanic the first time, and Titanic doesn't really make me cry that much anymore, because like I, you, I'm really, you're really desensitized after crying. To, yeah, you're really desensitized to like crying for the for movies, but then like <laughs> watching just Once Upon a Time in America, dude, that really hits the emotions, man, and especially as um as sort of a. Uh, a crew, let me how how do I put this like the relation the um, the romance is the best part of the movie. Mm. It, the, well, I, I think it's like the friendships, you know, like the friendships. What, yeah, the relationships yeah, in the movie, like the um, it's not about the the uh, killing and murder and gangster shit. Most of the time, it's about yeah. how that affects the relationships. Yes. yes, and it really strays people apart from each other. And also yep. the um, I like movies that really capture an era. That's why I like Casino a lot yeah, like it captures an era of like <clears throat> you know it showed how the uh, casino industry changed and also how yeah. the um how they got how the mob came in and out sort of it's like in and out story about how they were really involved and then they came out in a casino yeah. and then in once upon a time in america it just shows like the whole prohibition era that's not really touched upon that much anymore you know no, I mean they tried really to with good... Capone, but yeah, I didn't see Capone. But there was that movie that um, Ben Affleck did a couple of years Live ago. By Night. Uh, Live by. Did you like that movie? I haven't seen it. I thought it was really good. Um, it wasn't perfect, but it was a really cool, like you're saying, period piece about that that time. You know that prohibition time. And he he was he's really good in it, Ben Affleck, and it's a it's a really good movie. It's it's definitely worth watching. I feel like it either could have been a little longer, and stuff could have been like uh, detailed a little better, or it needed to be a little shorter. You know what I mean? Like either either or would have benefited the movie, but it's really good. And, and if you like that kind of period piece drama, you know, gangster drama, it's it's definitely worth watching. Uh, it's kind of sad, you know, like it's it's got some good stuff in it. I would recommend it. I'm a big movie fan, you know, initially the hoof started or Chris's initial idea was to do a movie review podcast, but I didn't want to do that because the show that I do with Mike, the Jack Kirby show is kind of like, we don't really review comics, but we definitely do a lot of research and we yeah. read books that we talk about and we have to do a lot of kind of research to get the facts right. Um, and I didn't want to take on that kind of responsibility again for another show. And like I mentioned, I also kind of wanted to have a show where we could kind of talk about everything. Yeah, that's so we what got this away channel from, started from that. Is a yeah. movie review channel. Like all, all yeah. I did was review movies. Yeah, and then I, I found I've a love. Seen them up there, yeah. And then I yeah, and then I found a love for um, interviewing. interviewing. It's like this, you know, just can seeing who people are in person. Well, you're not mm -hmm. not in person, but I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like conversing with them is um it's really different like when you're a fan of somebody for a while and you you know interact with them it's like 
it's like really weird in a cool way. Yeah, surreal. Surreal. Also, yes. But I, I mean, we, so on the hoof anyway. We've had like Brian Johnson on, who you know from telling Steve Dave, and he's Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin Smith's buddy, and he was on Comic Book Man, the TV show. So this is a guy that I've known for years, not known personally, but you know I've known his work. He's a writer as well. He's written a bunch of comic books. He's written a movie, directed that movie, uh, the name of Vulgar. And so I know him for a long time, and I'm a fan of his, his podcast, Tell Him Steve, Dave, and I and I was a watcher of comic book men. So then I like to talk to him. And I've met him here and there throughout the years, but to talk to him on the show, it's like now you're just talking to him as a guy. Not You're not, you're not listening as a fan. Like You're not like, hey, so I really love your stuff. You know, you're just yeah. talking about bullshit. Like we talked about movies, we talked about, uh, you know, our opinions about like um, censorship and stuff like that. Like things that we were interested in. And it was, you know, like, like you're saying about the, the good thing about interviewing people, is that see, like I don't, I never look at it as an interview. I just look at it as a conversation. So when we have people on the hoof, or even the Jack Kirby show, it's we just have a conversation with them, you know, because then you don't know where the show is going to go. And I like that. You know, I like that. Anybody could bring up any subject and it's going to start a whole yeah. aspect of Spiral, conversation that you like never beautiful, yeah, exactly. You know? Beautiful direction, beautiful lane. <laughs> it's like a tree branch, you know, like it's like a tree growing different branches, you know, and you don't know what branch you're going to wind up on. So it's kind of exciting and, and it's fun. And I do like, I genuinely do like to to get to know people and talk to people. Yeah, so, I love hearing like funny stories that you never think I, I <laughs> you would have heard. Like I heard this one guy I interviewed. He was like, uh, "I'm the only one who could get away with um, uh, dealing drugs out of a military base or some stuff like that. Jesus." <laughs> and what? it's like just funny stuff like that. <laughs> or um, or one person will tell me like, I don't know how he was like shooting a, a music video hanging off the side of a bitty, uh, a building or something like that. That's correct. Just crazy stuff like that you never thought you'd hear. But also you do get some emotional stuff like you never thought you, you would have. Oh, yeah. um, but um, the Brian O'Halloran interview was awesome. Like, how'd you get that set up? Well, Chris knows him somehow. I think he talked about it on the episode. Um, because Chris knows those Tell Him Steve Dave guys, he is kind of involved in that uh, Kevin Smith world to a degree. So he knows a lot of those guys and they had did a roast of Brian O'Halloran for his birthday. I think it was his birthday. <laughs> and so Chris was involved in the roast. He was, um, he wasn't the host. Was he the host? I don't think he was the host, but he was, he was up there roasting Brian O'Halloran. So he knows him through that event, I guess. Maybe he had met him beforehand. I'm not really sure. I don't really remember. But Chris knew him somehow, so he he had asked him. Do you watch his podcast or live show? I don't, again, I don't watch. I've seen clips of it, but I never watched the whole thing. Yeah, the Holloran. He's got O'Halloran. a cool, the O'Halloran. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he doesn't do it like so much. Like he's not like super consistent with it, but it's still a pretty cool mm -hmm. show. He had a uh, Muppet puppeteer on one oh, time, cool. and that was cool. Um, I'm a big Muppets fan myself. Yeah, honestly. like there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, like that. It's often currently um, overlooked in a sense, like because like not a lot of people care about practical stuff. Sometimes there is a small section of people who really care about practical 
Oh, like but puppetry and puppetry, stuff like that? Puppetry, you know. Yeah, I love it. Like, I love to see, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of the new Star Wars stuff. I do love some of it, but I love to see the behind-the-scenes yeah. footage when they try and say, okay, we did this is how we did it in the 80s. Yeah. We're going to put it into the new, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. I love to see that. I'm a huge stuff. fan of, of practical effects and puppetry and whatnot, and I think there's a there's a tangibility and there's a, a, a real-life, real-world aspect to it that I think makes it more successful than a lot of CGI stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of using CGI to enhance practical effects. Yeah, mixing, you know? mixing. Yes, yeah, awesome, exactly. Man. So it's like, if you're gonna have a big job of the heart puppet, which looks fucking amazing in Return of the Jedi, it looks so great because it's a real fucking thing. And the, it's the stu- real, the like, weird it's, slappy tongue, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, like it's so- in the room. And they're oh, filming gosh. it and they're lighting it. So there's, there's, it's flawless, you know? So to do that nowadays, they could even make that puppet better because they could just fucking CGI out the fucking strings and the, yeah. you know, the, the wires or whatever they have to do. There's that, that mix of the two, I think is really nice, you know? Yeah, that's and we why saw I love some of it. like stop motion as well. I love that yeah, as well. There's a lot of cool though. stop motion youtube channel is uh specifically in lego stop motion uh yeah yeah lego star wars stop motion i'm a big fan of forest fire 101 and catching eight um they do like small little like weird cool like family guys parodies of like star oh, wars cool. or like lego batman real like like like, like batman and robin and yeah exactly exactly right it'll be like um i don't know like batman will be like telling like robin to like i don't know like clean up some like you have to stay home and watch the dog you you can't go fight villains with me some stupid shit like that just just cool weird parody stuff that you never thought you'd think you'd see that type of stuff so um what other guests are you proud of having on on the on on the hoof yeah um i mean we don't have too many as far as quote-unquote celebrity guests uh, you know, Brian. No, just friends Brian. too. You can add friends in. Like, oh, what's your favorite um, episodes you've done with someone besides the co-host? Let's. You know, oddly enough, you know, my friend Mike DeVito, the guy that I do the Jack Kirby show with, him and I have been doing that show since 2017. But whenever he's on the hoof, like him and I have a good rapport. Obviously, like talk-wise, you know, yeah. like we, you know, we've known each other a long time. He's one of my best friends, so it's very easy for him and I to just converse. So whenever he's on the hoof, he adds a good element to the show because he always has like, he's a talker. Mike's, you know, he knows a lot about shit. He's a teacher uh, and he loves to talk. He loves, he's a good storyteller. So, you know, whenever he's on the hoof, we always have a good time with him because he's always got something funny, like some fucking funny story to tell us, you know? Um, So those have been some of my favorite episodes having Mike on. I think everybody has been really cool. We did a really good one over the summer with my friend Carnell. Like Carnell is like an older black gentleman who we had on the show to kind of talk about the Black Lives Matter stuff. Because as two white guys, you know, me and Chris, like two middle, you know, middle age white guys, it's like, well, how do we talk about black issues? We don't know about black issues, you know? We we could support it. I saw a lot know, of people doing could... stuff like that during the time, like um for for um yeah, yeah. my friend Jared Buckendall, who's a uh, I think he's got like he's a big a film critic YouTuber, but he he's real like a mentor oh, cool. to me. Like he brings me on his podcast, his friends' podcast. Oh, cool. He's he's really like 
and he's obviously bigger than me, but like he's like real a mentor to me, Jerry Buganol. But he had a live an eight hour live stream. Oh wow! In like early June, um, where he'd have like a donation goal of like it was like five hundred dollars or something like that. I pitched like in a telethon kind of. Yeah, but he'd like be playing yeah. like Super Mario sixty four or something like, or he play uh, like any he play some like Mario games and stuff. And he'd be like streaming and stuff, and then he'd have a donation goal set up. So like gotcha. within eight hours, he probably hit like nine hundred dollars or something like that. And he was oh, gonna cool. donate donate it to the movement. And I love yeah, that. Stuff. Yeah, that, so that you know that conversation, I felt like it was an important one for us to have because you know like we we want to be supportive of our black brothers and sisters, but as two white guys, I felt like. The only real way to kind of learn anything is by listening, you know, so I wanted to have somebody on that is older than us. So he's been through, you know, like times of of real racism in the 60s and whatnot, you know, like this is a guy that used to go down south for the summers and experience like Jim Crow bullshit, you know, so I felt like it was important to talk to somebody like that, 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 you know, comes at it in a different way than two white guys, you know, Um, like that was a really good episode you know different perspective that was the goal was to get a different perspective and introduce that perspective to the viewers so then potentially someone who might not have information or not know about that stuff could potentially take that with their daily life so i respect and also you know also a way for kind of us to to learn you know like i you know like i said all summer i was saying like the only way like you know you got all these people on facebook and instagram or whatever all these white people like telling people how they should feel and act it's like you should just listen to the people that that need the help because they're the ones telling you how to fucking act and and what to do and what to what to say and what not to say like you don't have to be the white knight like no one needs you to do that you want to be supportive you want to show that you're on the side and, and you're you're backing these people that need the help and that's great but it's not your fight you know it's their fight you know, the more people step in for them and say, I'll help you, black guy. It's like, that's that's the less help that that person is getting, I feel, you know? Like, let them do it themselves. That's the only way that they're going to get anywhere. The black, you know, not just black, but people of color. You know, and even some white people, you know, like everybody needs, you know, I think sometimes any group better... of people that have been oppressed should, like, we should yeah, leave but... it up to them. But my point is, like, sometimes it's better to just fucking listen and not make it about yourself. Because obviously everything going on over the summer yeah. was upsetting uh, upsetting to a lot of people, you know, yeah. not just black people and, and people of color, but a lot of fucking people. But let's just listen, you know, let's just learn that way because it's not about me, you know, like I, I've experienced racism throughout my life from, you know, different people, but not to the extent that a black guy has, you know, um, so it's like that's why we wanted to have him on to kind of just talk talk to us about like his experiences you know hey what can we do cornell you know how can we be helpful and i think listening was that so that was a really good show that that i really liked and i thought was important um yeah yeah we we've had a lot of good guests on um we hopefully there are some other actors and whatnot that i've reached out to about coming on the show you you might i don't want to say too much but Ooh. hopefully when we get them it'll be stuff that you might people that you might know and, and enjoy um i want to we'll see, see joey happens. diaz on your show that would be outstanding i feel like yeah, he'd be a good he's a 
Big. He's a big. He's big. You know, I don't know if he would. Uh, he would. Do he that lives show. in Jersey. He moved out of L.A. into Jersey. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I love his. Could show. always reach out. He's There's really a couple um, of comedians. Yeah, are you a fan of uh, you know comedians a lot? Like, what comedians do you enjoy? Um, current ones. So I was for a while. I was producing a show with my friend Joe Pally. It was um, a live comedy show that we would do once a month at the, the bitter end in New York city in the village, which if you know, the bitter end, that's a, it's a world famous place. It's like where Dylan got started. George Carlin got started. Mm. Bill Cosby. Dylan who? What do you uh, mean? Lynn, Bob Dylan. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, Linda Ronstadt, like, like all these famous comedians and artists and musicians started at this, at this place, the bitter end in the village. And so it was, a, it was really cool to do a monthly show there. And we'd always have people that we know, like comedians that weren't really well known, but like working comedians. And then we would always have a feature. So we've had like Sam Morell on the show and Judah Freelander and Janine Garofalo. Garofalo's done the show a few times. Uh, who else? We've had a bunch uh, like well-known people that you that you've seen on television, you know? Yeah. So I don't I've kind of haven't reached out to a lot of them yet because I didn't want the show to become a show about standups, but um, there are some that I, that I like personally, and I would like to have them on just because I think they would be, they would be fun and, and add to the conversation, you know, are you talking about the hoof or are you talking about the, um, on the hoof, on the yeah. hoof. Speaking of the whole like, Bob enough, Dylan the... thing, you ever heard of uh, the movie inside Llewellyn Davis? Oh, it's excellent. I love it. So that's inspired by like someone who kind of like helped and mentored Bob Dylan and people yeah. like Bob Dylan that lived that were in that same that came yeah. up in the same area. You know what yeah. I mean? And I just yeah, that I love that, that movie. West Village area is where that place the bitter end is. It's in that area. What um, I like about that movie is like I see that movie and with that character I feel like is in a lot of people who aren't well known that I respect in terms of yes. musicians, like people who mentor uh -huh. a lot of people. Like there is a, um, a, a sort of rap Llewellyn Davis in a sense, like he like this guy named Jay green in a sense that he's not at the level of the people that he mentored and brought in uh -huh. like artists, like Lil peep artists, like Wiz Khalifa, juicy J. He, oh, wow. Like he was like, he introduced like, Wiz Khalifa to Juicy J and he saw like little Tracy and all these people blow up but he never got to the level and like I simultaneously wish he gets to their level but simultaneously mm -hmm. I'm just glad that he was able to introduce people that are bigger than him now and yeah. what I like about that movie is like I don't know why I feel like it's appealing to the creator type that movie oh definitely for yeah. sure like what it's like movies I don't appeal to the creator side of you well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you're a Coen Brothers fan, like Inside Lewin Davis to me is like the musician equivalent of Barton Fink, which oh, is yeah. about a writer, you know? Yeah. So that's like about a struggling writer trying to kind of make his his mark, you know, like Llewellyn Davis is about this guy who, who was at some sort of popularity until his partner died. And now he's kind of starting from scratch again trying to break away from that the shadow of him and his partner and uh, as far as me, uh, other movies along those lines that i really like almost famous is one that i fucking love the cameron crow movie um 
being a musician myself and loving that era of music, the seventies era of music. I really love that movie. Uh, I love the characters so well written, just a great movie. Um, what else along those lines? Um, hmm, I'd really have to think about that off the top of my head. Not sure, man. Not sure. I know something's going to come. <laughs> hmm. Hmm, let me think. I don't know. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head right now. I feel like this is like indirectly like a creator <laughs> movie is like Napoleon Dynamite. Appeals to mm-hmm. like the uh, sort of not creator, but sort of like kid who's Outsider. interested in pop culture. That's like mm-hmm. weird and okay. different. Not, you know what I mean? Like awesomely unique. I love Napoleon Dynamite. And I saw like a and a with the actors like live. Oh, cool. I love that shit. Well, I guess if you know if you're thinking of it in that in those terms, then maybe something like Chasing Amy would also fit yes! in that. You know? Yes. Like that it's about two insanely good. Oh yeah, my two goodness. guys trying to make a comic book and trying to deal with uh, the popularity of the book and how it's going to change, and also dealing with this you know lesbian love affair. <laughs> but uh, that aspect, you you don't see a lot of movies and whatnot about comic book creators. I know there are a couple. Like uh, American uh, Splendor about um, what the hell's his name? I can't think of the, the artist's name now. Um, shit! Have you seen that movie, American Splendor? No. It's um, it's it's a it's like a biography about I can't think of his fucking name. Shit! About this guy who started writing comic books later on in his life, became very popular, like underground comic books. But he also you know, the, the artists he would hire to, to draw his comics, to draw his stories, would also later kind of go, a lot of them would go on to be pretty famous themselves. And, um, yeah. and I can't think of the guy's name who the movie is about, but Paul Giamatti plays the character. But the movie itself is also like, it blurs the line between like documentary and autobiography because they also have the real guy in the movie talking to the camera it's it's a really well done movie american splendor is it like a recommended no it's it's a biography but it's it's they kind of it's not a traditional biography like it's actually good and they do interesting things with like the behind the scenes and the the storytelling aspect of it like the narration and stuff yeah yeah i, I like it's, it's i like when it's people do watching. different spins on stuff um yeah, it's worth watching. This filmmaker who did a mockumentary in the style of like The Office and stuff, but he did yeah, it like I about s- an intervention. Okay. <laughs> he did it in the style, but it was about an intervention, like an alcoholic uh-huh. intervention type of thing and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, Sounds hysterical. <laughs> depressing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. It was like, <laughs> it was probably one of my coolest interviews because the movie was like, had a lot of substance to it, but it was like, there's in mockumentaries there is a lot of like caricatures and characters. analogies yeah characters that are like really like over the top to be over the top mm-hmm. and uh that's why like i don't like watch those shows like the office the regularly like oh, the office i love that show yeah it's good but it's just like with um i couldn't watch that every day like like seinfeld is like the only really like sitcom i could watch every day so let me ask you a question, Mike. You're 17 years old. How did you get into Seinfeld? Um, it's just like 
it's just it was always the just reruns were constantly always on. on yeah but i don't like i don't have cable no more like i don't think anybody really is i don't i don't really watch cable anymore but mm. i don't know i always look for it like it's just like it's like it's just the only really one that's like f- deeply funny like in a sense that it's never corny it's never has a corny mm-hmm. moment there's no moment where i'm like that's not that funny like that's not it's not like friends bullshit you know it's not yeah exactly like it's not like it's not trying to be something it isn't and like i feel like we've we've either had a seinfeld moment or like yeah it's relatable in a lot of ways yeah it was definitely a show that was created to kind of put focus on those little weird things that people go through uh, mundane things that people go through from day to day that we've all kind of experienced you know like the close talker and uh yes. you know master masturbation like all these things that were never really talked about and this show kind of gave that stuff a voice and a little spotlight and it's like oh yeah. i've i've met somebody that had giant sized hands you know i know a woman who doesn't wear a bra all the time and it's uncomfortable you know like and like so that one yeah. the one girl who like looks good in certain lighting but then when she's not in that lighting she doesn't <laughs> look good and, she, and they had they filled exactly. in like a different actor for what you <laughs> that's my favorite exactly yeah or that's um great. my favorite genius man it, yeah it's genius my, but um like there's certain that's a certain type of a, a, a comedy but like um there's like a com in the comment section for certain clips of it this this mm-hmm. one guy wrote a fan fiction of Seinfeld and it's so funny listen to this so uh I was thinking about this so George goes to the bathroom in a supermarket and he sees a guy go out of the bathroom and not wash his hands so he follows the guy around to see what items in the store he touches and doesn't touch (laughs) so then he can get the item that he doesn't touch and he continuously follows him around to the point where like the guy like notices him and like Uh he like runs out of the store or some shit just stupid that's like that's what would be the fact that someone wrote that down shows how good the show is that could definitely be an episode. Did you do you watch Kirby Enthusiasm? Kirby Enthusiasm. I've seen like probably a little bit of it. All right. So I mean, that's the Larry that David show is created by Larry David, yeah, who who is the Seinfeld co-creator, and it takes the Seinfeld stuff and just amps it up a little bit because it's cable, so they get to curse and they get to have some subjects that, you know, they couldn't do on on like regular television, but uh, also genius also full of those little moments in life that we've all experienced and and he becomes like our our voice you know i want to like do that one day just make a shit sit do it um about like you're young man do I it will. but we've had i gotta you know, build the, influence the, you, know? <laughs> you get there you, you'll get there the guy who was a co uh the co-star of that show jeff garland who's a comedian i don't know if you if you know him an actor comedian we've had him on jack turby before he reached out to us. He's apparently a big comic book fan. Mm. So we had him on the show and he was an awesome guest, you know, really funny, very open, you know, like he was just like, it's just like talking to one of our friends, you know, and uh, it was a great episode. And again, like I have that guy's phone number. You know, like this is a millionaire, like a guy that's on television on a show that I've watched for 20 years. And, you know, he's done stand up. He's written for other shows. He was on, Arrested Development, you know, he's on that show, The Goldbergs, which I don't really like. I don't really watch, but he's on it. And, like, I have his phone number, all because he liked comic books, you know? So it's pretty amazing, that, you know, the people that you're going to get to meet doing a podcast, you know? 
Like you, Mike. Yeah. And I got your number too. <laughs> yeah. Do you, yeah. Like, how many episodes did you watch before, like, this? Be honest with me. Of your show? Yeah, my show. Again, I don't want, I've never watched full episodes well, listen, listen, on the YouTube. Listen. Oh, listen to, I listened to about three or four, maybe five, and plus the clips, you know, clips on, uh, what is that called? Yeah, uh, I love my Instagram. Instagram I a lot of weird yeah. stuff on my yeah, Instagram. Yeah, that's, it's funny, that's dude. where I'll see a lot of the stuff, you know? And again, I like the fact that you have a, a, a varied range of guests. You know, that's that's really cool. It's, you know, like I said, it's kind of like what we were trying yeah, to do, you guys do hope that to do. Successfully, you know? man. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, you guys pretty. You guys I, do that so, successfully. like, do you reach out to people and say, hey, man, come on our show? Like, how does it work? How does it work? Yeah. It's, is that basically what you do? <laughs> it depends what type of guest it is. If it's like a photographer, it's really easy to get them on. Like they're they're uh-huh. real like, yeah man whoa. But if it's like an artist, I'm reaching out to their managers. I'm reaching out to the labels. Oh okay, wow. Or um, something and and money's more involved when it comes to musicians, because oh, wow. that's that's more like where I make my money from. But like, and but if it's like filmmakers, they're cool to like they're real like. It's mainly just DMing people constantly. Okay. It's just like DMing people constantly, but I do have my friends on a lot of the time every now mm-hmm. and then. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard some of those. Those are ones uh, I'm most I, proud of, ones of my friends <laughs> that like. Yeah, I mean, it's oddly enough, like, you know, we've had these guests on on both shows that are, you know, that work in, in entertainment, work in the industry, whether it be comic book or entertainment industry. But I always feel like my favorite shows are the, just the ones that, I do with my friends, you know, and we yeah. have our friends on as as guests, you know, because there's some, a yeah, like I've had friends that me? I don't hang out with anymore, but like I wish, like just friends that like I'm not friends with anymore, but they were mm-hmm. on when I started everything, uh, okay. and while I don't hang out with them anymore because like issues, I still mm-hmm. like remember that, you know, and sometimes I go yeah, back and listen to them, and it's just like weird to see that, like I'm sure that's a little sad too, to a degree. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're young, man. You're gonna learn. People are gonna come and go throughout your life, and it's strange. Like the people that at one point you're like, "Wow, this is my best friend." You know, we're like brothers. This and that. At one point, you're gonna be like strangers. You know, not always, but that does happen. You know, these people that you know at some point in your life are really close. Eventually, you're not really close anymore, and you're like, "Oh, where did that go wrong?" Or uh, were we really on those like types of different paths that we just diverged you know like we just went totally separate ways where we don't talk every day i mean there are people that i know that i talk to every day that i don't never hear from anymore you know not because anybody did anything wrong to each other but that's just life you know um that's a fact it's part of life i've been it's part of life we realize we don't realize <laughs> and then we realize just yeah. trying to realize those type of things that a lot of things are temporary you know um, yeah, it's just the way it is. Spiritually, I mean, physically. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of spiritually, like, that's the thing. You have to kind of, you know, you, you act, try to be as good a person as you could be and try to, like, don't do things that you would regret and live without regrets and, you know, just try to be a good person. And what's meant to be is going to be. So, you know, the people that are meant to be in your life will, will be in your life, you know. That's a fact. Whether it be now or later or forever, who knows, you know. 
Yeah, like you gotta do your thing. Take care of your friends. That's why I've been family. starting to like take like like take a look at who consistently like likes my videos and like checks mm. my stuff out. And I like been more interactive with people who like aren't creative and stuff who are just liking my stuff to like my stuff and who I might huh. consider my supporters or fans. Like I started mm-hmm. a group chat with like just some people that I know like, like I posted on my story like a poll like who is interested in being in a group chat and like uh-huh. a decent amount of people were like yes and I add them to the group chat and, like I like to do that shit now I've been noticing like interacting with fans is fun like how do you interact yeah. with fans of the podcast so the the Jack Kirby show again we've been doing that a lot longer um, me and Mike and we have a lot of international listeners to the show and we also have a huge following on Instagram, not because of anything we did, but because we're dedicated to Jack Kirby and there's so many Jack Kirby fans out in the world. So it's like automatic followers, you know, whether they listen to the show or not, you know, they probably don't. I mean, we have a decent amount of listeners, but not as many listeners as we have Instagram followers, you know, so you can't really go by that. You know, I don't think that's a, a fair way to assess things just for yourself you know like you have to do the show because you enjoy doing the show and mike and i really love doing that show and we definitely have people that reach out to us people we've become friends with like through the show Uh, again a lot of international people people from different countries who they'll send us stuff they'll you know independent creators that are like hey man i I drew a comic i'd love to send it to you guys and like yeah i love when someone sends me music man oh my god like it might be like you know like it's yeah it depends like it's not going to be great all the time but i still appreciate that doesn't matter you know it's like exactly the fact that they're willing to share you know they like what you do enough that they want to share with you you know what they do it's like they get the show they listen to the show for free you know you put it up on apple whatever you put it up wherever you put it up and they're getting something from it. They're getting entertainment. They're getting, you know, information. They're learning stuff. And so that's how they want to kind of say thank you, you know, by by sending you a free comic or sending you buttons, you know, like whatever things we've we've had sent to us before. Uh, same with the hoof, you know. I interact with, with people that, because I run the Instagram page. So when people, you know, respond or leave a comment and whatnot, I'll react to them. You know, I'll, I'll always say thank you. Or if they have a question, I'll answer. Chris doesn't really like to do that for, for reasons, you know, he's had a, he's had a history with, um, because he knows those impractical jokers guys. So he's had a history of people trying to re befriend him to get to them. And so he's a little more weary about talking with people. What's his experience but, um, with the entertainment industry? Uh, you guys talk about that a little bit, but like, what is it like specifically? Well, I mean, I I know he's he's made some independent films before and written some stuff. Um, again, he's worked on in a in a technical capacity with the Impractical Jokers guys before they got picked up for television, like uh, on the filming technical aspect of things. He's worked with those guys. He appears on that Tell Him Steve Dave podcast quite often because he's friends with with those guys. So. You know, he's written some stuff before. He's written a comic book. Uh, he's he's done quite a lot of stuff, you know. But that's that's really it, you know. Like it's never really kind of went to. He has a day job. That's I guess that's telling enough, you know. Like so, he has a family, so he needs to. He can't pursue these kind of things that 
he's not going to get paid to pursue, you know, like he's got a wife, he's got a kid. So he's got to take care of his family, obviously. So that kind of maybe stops him from doing, from taking chances that like you or I might be able to take. You're 17 years old. Like you could do whatever the fuck you want. You know, I'm, I'm older than you, but I also don't have a wife. I've never been married. I don't have kids. So I could do things. I'm a little more flexible as far as what I can do. Bit more risky um, with things. Exactly. Yeah, I can be, and and he can't be. He doesn't have that, that, you know, that opportunity. You know, and I think he feels like that opportunity has passed him. I don't think that's true. I think he could kind of do what he wants, and we're actually working on something now that might turn into. I don't want to say too much because eventually we'll talk about it on the show, but we're we're in the middle of creating something that might eventually wind up being a short film or something. Uh, we'll see. Some uh, visual I, I create, create, some yeah, visual exactly. creation, something, something. Yes. Um, again, and he has, you know, he's dealing with a lot of family stuff. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it. We've we've mentioned on the on the hoof before, but yeah, that's why kind of one of the reasons why we're taking a break. You know, because I feel like it's unfair of me to expect him to commit as much as I want him to commit. So I'd rather just take a break and let him kind of deal with what he has to deal with. Uh, which is obviously took like almost a year break or something. This guy went to like a Buddhist retreat oh, wow. in which... like Tibet. <laughs> which show is that? Uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast or something. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know him. He's um, he's probably that's probably like probably my favorite podcast. I'd say I have my top three. Um, I like that better than Joe Rogan to be honest, man. Like, cause mm-hmm. I like Joe Rogan, but. Joe Rogan episodes are only really good when he had really only really really good when he has his friends on like Joey Diaz when he had Duncan Trussell Ari Shafir when he has his comedian friends on like where see I think gets... the opposite oh really no I mean I, I like think... him I like him going in a different territory like he ha- he'll have like Willie D Mike Judge or Mike Tyson yeah. on but I'm just real specific with my Joe Rogan episodes but I feel like okay. he is the greatest podcaster of all time that's my opinion because he's the one who's made like podcast podcasting become taken seriously a bit like, yeah yeah like, sure. he's like the way i look at um drake in terms of like music or, or or like um like he's on that level where in his field he's like top of everything like he yeah. is the, oh, it's like him, yeah. you know, Kevin Smith, uh, Mark Maron, like the, those Smith. are the guys. Yes. Uh, what's it, the guy, Adam Carolla, who I, who I never listened to, but I know, like these are guys that have been doing podcasts for so long. No Jumper? They were like, who? No Jumper? I don't know. Who's well, they're, they're a really unique, um, they're a mainly hip-hop show, but they, um, so okay. the thing about them, though, is what's unique about them is they, uh, so it's this guy, right? Adam Twenty Two. He owns a bike shop in L.A. on Melrose Avenue, right? It's called okay. his store is called On Some Shit, and <laughs> and I love that. But so he had a, a bike shop, right? BMX bike shop, and he had a BMX YouTube channel, right? But he started to do a podcast out of the back of his uh, bike shop, where he'd interview like up and coming SoundCloud rappers in like 2014. He started it. Oh, cool! So he started getting like a young Lil Yachty, a young XXX Tentacion a young ski master slump god and he's but he, then he started getting like legends and like dj paul from like three six mafia like he started oh, wow. like he started getting and he had like dame dash you know and he started getting oh, wow. big 
huge interview. He got the CEO of like Raw Rolling Papers on. <laughs> like, and like and perfect, you know. Casey Neistat, you know, he's had uh, almost every huge rapper on now, but he just started it in the back of his bike shop, and yeah, um, awesome. he's just real big in terms of like the rap. But the thing, what I was inspiring about him is he'll have he has a it's called No Jumper, right? It's mainly just saw seen as the um, No Jumper show. He'll have that where it's just him and his buddies. And then I'll have the no jumper interviews, right? Where it's Adam interviewing okay. someone, but then I'll have like a show under him with, that he's not even that he's not on. It's um his friend like AD. It's like his network, his network, his network exactly. Shows, like he'll have yeah. like at the end of the day, mad lately thoughts next door, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> he has like people under him that yeah, do cool. their own stuff and like from a standpoint, like a sort of quote-unquote business standpoint you know i just i respect that he does no, it's, that shit where he it's, has other it's people what, involved it's what kevin smith did with with uh smodco like eventually it's like yes. his whole radio station you know and, and all these guys who were his friends started doing shows under that banner and they've eclipsed him as far as popularity sometimes you know um i would definitely suggest you have my buddy mike on the show because he's a huge hip-hop guy and uh all these, some of these names didn't you yeah, we just did MF Doom episode, you know, the, the relation between comic book culture and hip hop culture that's, you know, it's so deep for so long that we thought it was a, it's an episode we've been wanting to do for a while. And then when MF Doom died, we we're like, all right, now's the time to do it, you know, because people know the name, you know, like he's been around for so long. Not a lot of people know that name. Yeah, I known him for like two years, like before he uh, died and stuff, but like still uh, like I love... um the whole comic book mixture of hip hop, like Wu Tang Clan did yeah. that a lot. That's why yeah, I love yeah. Wu Tang mm-hmm. and like Jizza, Method Man. Um, and also, and like Bobby Digital. Yeah. Yeah. Denzel Curry did that a lot. He's a newer guy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know him. But I don't keep up on, on modern. I mean, I sound like an old guy saying it, but a lot of the modern hip hop. I'm not a fan of. You well, know? Top 40. Top 40 is not like the top 40 on the billboard. That's not. That's not where I look at when it comes to new stuff. Like okay. I mainly, I mainly listen to the people that I interview, okay. or, because like I just artists. like them because yeah. I'm friends with them. First uh-huh. off, and also, like if you want to find text good, me, if you want to find good new stuff, some, you really gotta dig. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, right, and that's right. the thing. I, I don't dig. I don't really dig for a lot of music. I'm a musician, you know. Yeah, and yeah. You had a, um, you release music, man. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been writing music since I was like 17, 16, 17. I've been in a few bands, you know, I've always been like the main songwriter, front man of the band, so on and so forth. Um, I haven't been in a band in a while, but um, but I did really uh, record a couple of albums on my own over the last 10 years, 12 years, something like that. Using um, what instruments were you singing? Was it just like guitar singing and or? Singing and guitar. Um, on a couple of the albums, I played some bass and some other instruments and whatnot. Um, I, the last thing that I recorded was almost 10 years ago. Shit. 2000. No, what am I talking about? Like 2013. Me and my buddy Steve, who's a drummer, he's been on the hoof quite often, actually. He's another good guest. He's a drummer. So him and I embarked on this, this recording project. 10 songs, him and I. And my brother plays on a couple of the tracks. He's a bass player. And the guy who recorded us, 
he's like a multi-instrumentalist. He plays some guitar on it, but it's mainly me and Steve him doing the drums and like me doing everything else or like a rock. Yeah, album. I love, I, but, I love making, I, I do music production as well. Just like, um, just mainly hip hop beats and like others. Yeah. Stuff. That's awesome. It's so much yeah, fun, I, man. I, like just making what you like are a fan of, you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I, I just started over the pandemic, over the summer when, you know, lockdown and shit, I finally went and purchased like a, like an M box, you know, like a, like a box to record music on my computer, Ooh. you know, like an interface. So I'm finally started to do it just like uh, in November it was the first thing I ever recorded at home uh, on a computer. So I'm starting to learn is obviously there's a lot to learn yeah, with dude, these, like... these programs. There's like so much you could do. It's crazy, you know? So um, FL I'll, Studio I'll get there. is a lot to learn too. That's what I use. I use FL. Studio. What is it? Which one do you use? What Fruity is it Loop Studio. It's like the. Oh, Fruity Loops. Yeah, yeah. Steve used um, to use that in college. Yeah, there's he a certain college thing for, for like yeah. BPM and certain little like the piano roll as opposed to the pattern uh, mm. arrangements. Okay. Just certain like, do you want it like do you want it at 165 BPM? Do you want it to be 85 BPM? How, how does the sample mat? What? How many bars do the, does the sample fit in? When should the hi hat hit? Should it be every two steps? Should it be every three steps? Do you want to change it? It's just stupid stuff. Not stupid, but That's little stupid, but nitpicky. It's a lot of things, stuff, yeah. but it becomes. I don't play guitar. I play piano, but I assume mm-hmm. that with guitar, those certain small things, they get faster as you get going. Like I want to do this, so. Yeah, of course. The more you learn, the the easier it is. And I'm just starting, so I'll get there. I'm hyped to hear that, man. Um, Send me a link when you release something, or or give me a leak, Uh, or give me a leak. I could um (laughs) give me a leak. I could send you the last thing that I recorded here at home. Uh, I'll send it to you. I'll text. I'll text it to you. Um, I don't know if I should be sharing this information, but uh, a lot of rappers send me uh, uh, versions of their songs before they release, and I have a. Google Drive storage folder for all, oh, all cool. anybody who sends me music. Um, That's good. When they get big, you could you got some bootleg material you could release right there. I would never, <laughs> I would never sell that, man. I just like, I'd make a burner account and release it on there. <laughs> You'd just be like, yeah, just yeah. It's a lot of you know, like people, just people, just like you were saying earlier with people sending you comics or something like that. It's so much mm-hmm. fun, man. So yeah, I'll send you some shit. I there's a lot of things that I do, you know. There's a lot of creative endeavors that I that I kind of that I love. Episode at title. Creative creative endeavors, yeah, yeah. That was the second episode, and we talked about like the different kind of shit that we do. So Chris talked about like his film work, and uh, you know his interest in writing and so on and so forth. And I talked about music and stuff that I've done in the past. It's um, yeah. I mean, I do a lot of shit. I don't make any money from any of it, but. But I love it, you know. Uh, I mean, I do, I do freelance art stuff, and I and I do make money doing that. But it's not always steady, you know. Uh, during the pandemic, I lost my job, um, so I've been relying on that, and it's been pretty good, you know. So I got to be thankful the fact that I can make money doing something that I enjoy, you know. That's yeah, a, like I see the goal in life. The doodle boards, man, they're cool looking, man. When you release thank something you, thank new. You. Um, thank you thank you is it just like a little improvised doodle or is it like you're planning does it is it relate to the episode uh, I you're, assume talking when you draw the, it? you're talking about the ones that i would do for the episodes yeah yeah i would just that's just me doodling around while we're talking you know 
Oh, um, that's like while you're yeah, oh, while snap. we because like I said before, we were doing Zoom, we were just doing it over the phone, so I wasn't I didn't need to look at a screen, so I would just keep you know keep myself busy doodling while we were recording. So those are all like off the cuff, just bullshit doodles that I would do. Now we do Zoom, so I actually look at the screen. <laughs> Dude, like um, uh, Robert Rodriguez, though, speaking of doodling and drawing, Robert Rodriguez loves painting and drawing, right? The film director. Yeah. So he'll, yeah, yeah. he'll when he's working on a film with someone, he'd get like an actor or actress, he'd get them to start drawing just for the, just to like introduce people to it because he's oh, like, because cool. he wants people to like remove the mental block of drawing, which I happen to mm. have, sadly. I used to draw comic books when I was like, I don't oh, know, cool. 15 years ago. Like or no, not fifteen years. I was two years old. You were two? No, uh, you're a like, genius. Like seven. Like I draw like Ink Boy or some shit. Like a guy who stabs people <laughs> with pens. Like and I draw it just like just stupid or Catman. Um, yeah, uh, the thing with drawing is that like people, you know, it's a bl- there's an easy block to some for some people. Think yeah, people think they have to be good at it to do it, but you know, as an artist, it's good to be good. That's something, you know, as an artist, a somewhat professional artist, as a guy who does freelance work and does commission work, I kind of need to be good at certain things, right? But if you just like to do it because you just enjoy it, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You know, like you could make, you know, it's about expression. It's about, you know, it just the joy of doing it. So if you're a guy that just likes to do it, and you know you're never going to be a professional at it. Just because you're never going to be a professional at it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You know, like you should do it anyway because you enjoy it. And then eventually you start to kind of see what you're good at and what you're not good at. And when you could start to embrace what you're good at, you never know, man. You never know where that could take you. You know, you could wind up with your own fucking cartoon strip that came out of the fact that you can't draw, you know? And that's pretty amazing, you know, because you're you're getting to it in a pure way, in a, you know, very natural way. And that's what it's about to me. That's what drawing and music and even the podcasting. Like, I'm never going to be a Joe Rogan where, you know, we're getting our fucking show bought by Spotify for millions of dollars. But I enjoy doing it. Yeah. You know, me and Mike do that show because we love Jack Kirby and we love comic books. And we love to get on the mic and fucking make dick jokes while we talk about comic books and me and chris do the whole that's beautiful man you know, what did the guy from clerk say that's beautiful <laughs> man yeah, yeah i used to use exactly. that as a producer tag on my music uh but then i realized one day someone's gonna copyright that you know <laughs> yeah, you could sue you yeah so, yeah, I, so I, I still mean, but like no like so like before the beat drop it would say like that's beautiful man and then the beat would drop <laughs> but i don't that's do clerks, that anymore. right that's clerks, clerks yeah. That he says that yeah yeah the, uh, with the <laughs> My love for you is ticking clock. It's okay. The uh, metal guy. I want to say, no, we need an animated show about that metal rocker or something like that. Just that guy? Just that guy. The Russian metal rocker. Uh, uh, Not Ivan. Shit, what was his name? I'm the worst, man. I got the worst memory. Um, Thirsty Sexy. Yeah, he, remember the guy said the girl was like, did, Olaf, he, did he say? Olaf is his yeah, name. Olaf. Remember the did girl was like, fuck, did he say man. making fun? <laughs> he, he he's not from here. He don't speak too good like we do. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, Olaf. That's like one That'd of the be greatest. great actually. 
Oh my god! Like a spinoff Olaf movie about him trying to that makes live me his angry, rock and roll man. dream. That movie's so good. I want to make something like that. You know, dude, no one's stopping you. You're a young guy. Start writing. You know, I do. No, I, I wrote a movie about how I got scammed by this one guy. No, that's like my greatest creation. I got it right here. Um, <laughs> how many pages is it? It's a short. It's like eleven. I wrote it my oh, friend. Cool. I wrote it my friend, but my friend. My friend's brother's um, boyfriend got COVID, so okay. maybe his family might have COVID. So then maybe I'm not probably gonna be able to hang out with him for a week, is what I'm saying, because he still hasn't yeah, gotten yeah. his test back. Yeah, be careful, man. Yeah, the only be time careful. I go out is um work and the park. <laughs> just still, you know. Where do you work, Mike? Just a smoothie joint and oh, near the mall. Cool. Gotcha. Nice. Gets me, Making gets me a couple, couple hundreds every now and then. There you go. That's, that's all that matters in life. Get, just getting that money, making that paper, getting by. Paper chase, yeah. Um, you know, getting, getting to the next thing. You know. I mainly save that into money. This or like stuff, you know. Just do like I said. You're a young guy, and you're already building this this little network of of shows and and interviews and whatever. So you're on a good track you know yeah I love definitely more shit, professional i love definitely more professional than us <laughs> really yeah I mean, look you got fucking microphones and shit set up like we don't know i'm doing it i'm doing this through fucking zoom with with headphones you know <laughs> but you're at least you got that authentic factor uh, I, uh... yeah you got that too I mean, there's nothing inauthentic about well, who it. made the intro music man was that like did you so, google, did you google intro music or did you no no it? that's that's mine it's a it was a song that i had recorded years ago that i never finished so mm. it, it was just the bass drums and the guitar uh, i never put the vocals on it because we recorded it so fast like not realizing we recorded it live so bass drums and guitar were recorded live at the same time and afterwards we're like fuck this is way too fast i can't sing this this fast like the words just sound like a mess and i couldn't like when i went to do my overdub guitar the like the lead guitar part it was just way too fast so i just scrapped the whole song so when we were looking for theme music i took that unused music and i sent it to my friend rich who's the guy that produced uh you know he engineered the albums that i did and i was like yo i need 20 seconds of this and i want some kind of guitar riff on top of it and I need and I need to have this clip of Robert De Niro in there. So I'm like, can you do something? And he's like, yeah. He's like, just give me a little while. And later that night, he sent it back. He put that guitar part on it, like that that really heavy um, guitar melody. Uh, he added the the you know the the hoof, the Robert De Niro thing in there, and and that's our theme song. Very easy. And we own it, so we can't get sued. And <laughs> you know, like nobody's we can't doesn't have to get removed ever. Well, it's um, mine, you know, podcasts aren't monetized. So, yeah, you can't. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And yeah, I mean, maybe if you're on YouTube, maybe. Yeah, but like that's the thing, thing like, about YouTube is I do YouTube. I post my podcast on YouTube because I do other types of content on YouTube. I do the reaction videos. I do the tier lists. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do you the do? vlogs. Um, yeah, I vlog like a studio session with like a rapper or a concert with them. Oh, cool! Just because like. And here in Delaware, there's a lot of local rappers, and I like to like support them heavily, like just because just out of the love for them. Because like a lot of these guys, like I, I hung out with at homecoming, we've been to carnivals, we've chased the same girls at carnivals. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like that type of shit, man. Like I love to support these local guys. Their music might not be the greatest, but I still like to 
hope that one day they can get themselves out there to someone huge. Yeah. Like I just and I I, I love these I love this local community type shit. We need that Delaware. Nobody fucking cares about someone being from Delaware. Like everybody's like hey, New, New York, yeah. uh, like New York is like there's that there's some slight bit of pride, like probably obviously bigger than being pride. Nobody's real prideful about being from Delaware. Yeah, I want to get out of Delaware. I want to get out of Delaware too much, you know. But I want to get so out get of out, Delaware man. to come back and then come. I want to get out of Delaware to put myself out there, put myself in the right scenarios as an entertainer, right? Then come you back. Come back strong. Strong and maybe get myself Owning like a shit, giant running shit. Yes. Right? Get a giant studio, have a Paisley wanna, Park style house in fucking Delaware, big Prince compound, you know. <laughs> like you know how Tyler Tyler Perry has that giant ass compound? Yes, yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I don't watch Tyler Perry movies, but I respect that that giant Oh, look. I'm with you. I don't watch those movies because I think they're generally corny. But that guy built, I mean, what that guy made from nothing, you know? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like, he, a whole fucking movie studio. Those it movies all started with some bank. guy dressing as a girl and going <laughs> crazy and being funny. Like, oh, whatever, man, do that. Yeah. Dude, I would love that. Built, so, and he's a good actor, too. I mean, I've seen him in actual no, real he did movies. This, like, he's good. Semi dramatic Netflix movie that was like some court like legal yes. drama it was not that yeah, bad yeah, yeah. not that bad i'll be honest it was like not that great but it's not that bad and i respect that but, uh, yeah, but he's built in he's built an empire for sure you know tyler How long perry do you got like time wise because uh go ahead what's up you got another question no just uh um i was thinking we could push <laughs> it we could push the two hour mark man we're at one hour 15 minutes this could be uh, right. really I'm, I'm probably not gonna do two hours but no. Unless you got some questions, ask away. Two hours is a long time. I got shit to do, Mike. I gotta make money. <laughs> for you got forty you don't have forty five more minutes? I don't know, maybe. Let it know, happen naturally, you know? Let, let's let it happen naturally. So Exactly. Yeah. So wait, hold on. I also feel like we've done long shows and I and I generally do like them, but I also feel like people might be turned off by longer shows. Yeah. And I remember fairly recently we did a, a Jack Kirby episode that was like almost two hours long. And, um, and I put up a poll and I was like, Hey guys, do you, what do you, you know, listeners, like, what do you think? Do you like the longer episodes or would you prefer them to be kind of more compact and shorter? And it was a mix. It was pretty much half and half. Yeah. Like some people said, well, I listen on my commute. So when they're, you know, my commute's only 45 minutes. So, I don't get to listen to the whole thing. Other people were like, I love the long episodes. You know, yeah. I just love to hear you guys talk. So we generally try to cut the difference. An hour and a half, like to me, like that's that's good. You know, sometimes yeah. Chris will, will cut the show short. It's like, all right, well, time to go. Well, that was the hoof. And I'm like, yo, what are we doing? We're in a good groove here. But he's got something to do or he's got to rush off or whatever. So it happens. But um, just let me know when you're we good. I do have like about couple more questions left and i feel like yeah, these so are pretty ask, stacked questions so what tv shows marvel and star wars are you anticipating start with marvel oh man so i'm gonna watch anything that marvel puts out especially on the disney plus i watched so the netflix shows there's a couple i never even watched not because i wasn't interested just because i never got to it you know and yeah, i have netflix to go back shows. and watch them because i loved season one and three of daredevil were yes! fantastic 
season one. I got season three and one are like tied as my favorite thing ever made by Marvel in terms of like, uh, like ever made by Marvel. Like just anything. I would, I would agree. Is ever made. I definitely think that 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 first season of Daredevil was one of the best things that Marvel Studios put out. Excellent. Uh, season two was okay. Season three was better than season two. Maybe not as good as season one, but definitely a big improvement from two. But I never watched the Punisher show, and I'm a huge Punisher fan. I never watched Luke Cage, and I'm a big Luke Cage Power Man fan. And I never watched uh, what's the one where they're all together? The Defenders. Defenders. Just never watched them. I just never Defenders got Defenders was pretty good. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch them at some point. Uh, I just have to catch up. So Iron Fist was pretty thing. good. Yeah, I'll watch it eventually. The first I think season, because a lot of people hate it. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I've never, I haven't heard anything good about it, but I'm still gonna watch it. But I think because Disney Plus releases them one a week, it's easier to stay on top of. You know, like I'll I'll never fall behind because I have a whole week to watch the episode before the next episode comes. You know, people and are often I do intimidated like... by binge watching and like I'm never probably gonna watch Game of Thrones. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. but it's real. It's it's a huge maybe. It's like Friends. Like, am I gonna? No, I'm not gonna watch all of Friends. <laughs> well, fuck Friends. But I I, I agree <laughs> with you there. Like when you know there's twenty something episodes of a show per season. And then you're you're behind five seasons. It's like, man, I'm never gonna watch this shit. A hundred episodes of a fucking show. Like, it's easier to stay on top of it while they're coming out. And um, I think that's the benefit of like the Mandalorian. Like every week you were on top of it because it was one a week. You could easily stay on top of it, watch it, enjoy it, and you actually look forward to the next week. I enjoy the binge watching, especially when you get into a show and you fucking knock it all out in hours. <laughs> But yeah. I also think there's something to be said about the weekly shows. It's better with you know, friends, it, though. Come on, like binge watching. Like you, you got, like you, you got a buddy over. Like I watched. Um, I was with my friend for like twelve hours, <laughs> hanging out with him, and we watched the first season of True Detective, which is one oh, of my good. favorite Excellent. shows. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite like creations, visual, like any uh-huh. creation ever. Like is the first season of True Detective is it's really good i watched i've seen that first season of it probably five times really so let me ask you so obviously you're, you're a big fan of that season you weren't you weren't disappointed when they found out who the actual killer was i was oh yeah they could have done something better but i still love like the build-up to things i agree the build-up's way better than the payoff in the show yeah but i still love the show like i just love those I, conversations I mean, right. that I, they have these like that make me contemplate like Anything, man. Like <laughs> I like shit that makes me <laughs> contemplate like certain things yeah. in existence. There was definitely like, a, a very philosophical tinge to those guys, especially the um, Matthew McConaughey's character. You my know? favorite one, Matthew um, McConaughey's at the uh, church retreat, and he's like, "What do you think the average IQ here is, Marty?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, season. that's so mean," but like, I get it. <laughs> like, I liked season two. I know people didn't like it. I thought it was good. I haven't seen the third one. I yet. never got in. I watched like the first episode of season two and I didn't finish it. I want to, but like, mm-hmm. I want to, I will maybe, but I think I, people, I got HBO you know, max, you know? Yeah, definitely. You definitely should. I think people were turned off the fact that Vince Vaughn was supposed to be this, this serious guy, but Vince Vaughn was a serious actor for a long time before he was known for comedy. You know, he did a lot of, a lot of drama stuff. 
and uh, he, um, and I thought he was he was good in it. You know. Now he's back in the serious route. Have you seen Drag yes, Across yeah. Concrete? A good movie. A little long. <laughs> I don't know. I liked. I feel like it justified it the run, the the runtime. And what I loved is that Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, they weren't, they weren't. They played the, against um, the character, yeah. They weren't even the protagonist, even though the mainly followed him was the um, the gentleman. The black kid. I forget his name. Yeah. Man, let me. I'm looking up the Wikipedia for this. I don't care. I'm, yeah, I I'm real interested. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about though the black guy, right? The black guy who who's like started the movie and then he comes back in the end of the movie, right? The yeah. dude who was in. I don't want to say too much if people haven't seen it, but I liked that movie. I thought it was good. I liked that Corey guy's Kittles, other two movies or Henry Johns, the uh... yeah, the rapper. Wasn't he like a rapper or something in the, in not the, the show? Not in the movie. He he was in a Get Rich or Die Trying, the uh, Fifty Cent movie, but oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, but like the right whole movie. like Michael J. White character, Jennifer Carpenter yes. was in it. There's so much I love that movie so much, but um and the the characters with the the um the black mask and the black gloves, like the creepy, creepy. character. Yeah, creepy, I yeah. love that guy as well. Did you see so uh what was it called Fight in Cell Black ninety nine? Brawl in Cell Black Ninety Nine. No, I wanted so badly. Bra- I love sorry, that director though, um Steven this- S. Craig Zoller. Uh yeah. he did uh, Bone Tomahawk. Excellent. Oh my goodness! It's fucking great, and bo- I, I'm a I'm a big Western fan, so like, I think I, I that movie is good. Him, you know? I think that movie is really good as a Western, and then when they get to the weird parts of it, you know the parts I'm talking about. I don't want to say the, too the, much. The, the uh, throat whistle. Yeah, exactly. I love but that shit. Oh my god! When they get to that stuff, the movie takes a whole different wacky fucking turn, and it gets even better than it was. And I'm a big fan of of Kurt Russell, so I was like, I'm in, you know. Kurt and, Russell, um, great great cast in that movie. I want to interview that director. Holy shit, I'm in the mood. I'm, I'm gonna find out his contact info. I don't care. That'd be all, and you have gotta tell him that you're fucking 17 too. They'll, they'll eat that shit up. These guys, like, oh, cool, a cool young guy. I'll let him interview me. You know. I don't like yeah, put that information got, out there that much. You should, man, because I think it's, I think it's. It's impressive to me that you're the age that you're at and you're doing all this shit. And I think it would be impressive to to other people too. Yeah, you know, like someone I might Hollywood be more filmmaker who makes like these gangster movies, like uh, Michael Mateo Rossi. Um, I told him that at the off camera at the end of the interview, and he was like, "Oh shit, uh-huh. you're fine, bro. <laughs> exactly. Like you're gonna get exactly if you want to make movies, dude. You're already making the connections and shit, like." Exactly. That's that's why I think it's impressive. That's what I want to do, though. Like, I love like inter interacting with the people like off camera. Like, uh-huh. um, I interviewed this one guy, Seth. Ott. he does. He runs. He runs a show with Cody Michael. Um, guy, people out of Iowa. One guy's in Oregon. One guy's in Iowa. But they used okay. to be roommates and shit. So he like writes screenplays. And during the interview, I was like, I know you mainly do the podcast stuff, but tell me about the screenplays you write. And he like gave me like the whole pitch of all the stuff he wrote oh, like cool. all this cool stuff and then off camera i was like dude one day man if i ever get a lot of money i'm gonna i'm gonna produce your movie because i you're a great guy man and i like i love to like i don't know i hope to like if i interview you'll, you'll someone get him an extra movie, you, know? you know what i mean yeah do it i think it's cool man you're doing a good you're doing good stuff all right yeah. what other kind of questions do we have here um <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna wrap this up. 
What information would you like to tell anybody <laughs> who's a fan of your podcast or work before we wrap this up? All right. Um, I think we do fun shows. Um, I think if you're, if you have any interest in comic books or pop culture, and even pop culture related to comic books, which is a lot these days with all the movies and TV shows and whatnot. Come check out Jack Kirby. I think you'll like it. Um, it's, I like that show because it's informative, but it's also a lot of fun. Like we, again, we tell all sorts of jokes and not safe for, for work kind of humor that we interject into the show. That's also very, you know, well-informed and informative. It's kind of like it's educational as well as entertaining. Uh, that's the way I like to kind of describe that show. So if that's your kind of thing, check it out. Even if you're not that into comic books, I would say give it a listen anyway, because we don't always, we talk about movies. We talk about a lot of shit. So it's cool. Like if a new uh, comic Jack, movie would come out or a sort of form of media related to a uh, comic book. Yes. So a lot of times. That. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times we'll do that. Like when the, like before the Captain Marvel movie came out, we did an episode about the scrolls and the scrolls are the aliens in that movie. And they were created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. So, but like this is a I'm great waiting for that secret invasion, man. The movie, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming. That's yeah, it's what coming. that's what I hope is the next Thanos or the scrolls or the scroll queen or something. I think, yeah, I think that eventually you're gonna get there. I think they're kind of going to be introducing this multiverse stuff first. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's the route they're going, and then they're gonna bring in. Um, some more space shit with the Fantastic Four and Galactus and stuff like that. Um, Kang the Conqueror. So Ooh. I think there's a lot of cool shit coming coming in the pike of the, in the Marvel stuff. So again, if you're interested in that shit, listen to that show because we talk about this kind of shit. And as far as the hoof, that's more of a little more conversational kind of. It could go anywhere. Uh, we just tell stories about our lives and and Chris and I know each other in a very interesting way that we, you know. I, I was I knew him from that Tell Him Steve Dave podcast, and when I reached out to him to talk about art because he was doing these this art thing for a while, we learned that our grandparent our grandfathers were best friends. I knew his grandfather growing up, like I knew his name. You know, he was in the, he was here all the time. Uh, his grandfather's name was synonymous with like my grandfather. They they knew each other. They you know they knew each other their whole lives. So when we had made that discovery, I think we connected very quickly because of that. You know, I had been at, in, at Chris's house in the fucking in the 80s, you know, like swimming in his pool. Didn't even know it, you know. Uh, so cool. that was that's why like the tagline for that show was two guys with family, family ties, ties because, you know, like we have that connection. This is pretty cool. Like his his my grandfather is, is the godmother to his aunt, you know, like just to give you an idea of like the connection. It's pretty cool. So me and Chris are very different in our approach where I'm kind of like, I'm a little more open and, and loud. Extroverted and with little... your content, but he is more like yes. secluded yes. and more secure with the um, thing because yeah. of also... past experience and also pr uh, certain occupations. Also, yeah, because he works, you know, he has a certain job that he, he's in the public. You know, he works for the public and I don't, I also don't care. You know, like I have nothing to lose. So there's that. It's a cool dynamic that we have. And people are always like, oh, you guys are such opposites. But really, we're not. But it just comes off that way on the show because I'm willing to talk about a lot more stuff than 
than he is, you know, because yeah. he has, because he, because of his job and because of his, his home life and whatnot that I, things that I don't have. So I don't care, you know? Um, so it's definitely a fun show. Sometimes it's not so fun, which I also kind of like about it. Sometimes it's, you know, we talk about real things like depression and, and, you know, family stuff and, things that might not always be even the politics stuff comes up sometimes like things that might not always be fun per se but we always find some kind of humor in everything you know uh, that's, that's kind, kind of the only way you could, it's, not too it's the only way you can get by in life yeah With yeah exactly. humor. I mean, it's it's serious but it's also like uh, I'm, I'm very much a believer in the healing power of, of humor the hearing power of laughter I'm like the Joker in the Batman movie you know <laughs> Um, and I think it's important, you know, it's, you know, when you talk to people like we do and you, you're meeting people and learning about people and you're kind of digging a little deeper than what's on the surface, not everything is going to be rainbows and, and puppy dogs, you know, like things are going to be a little sad sometimes or a little honest, you know, maybe too honest. And that's, that's life. And I think that's what I like about that show. It's like, a fairly accurate depiction of, of life, you know, and the more people you get, you get to talk to, the more you realize like, Oh, we all kind of share the same experiences and have the same thoughts and same concerns and so on and so forth, you know, but it's funny too. I make a lot of jokes about jerking off and stuff. <laughs> that's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is a great one, man. Um, I'm going to end the recording in a couple of seconds, do my little outro. Thank you, Tommy. For Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate show. it. Appreciate that was another it. Thank episode you, of Has Discusses. Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on YouTube, leave a like and subscribe and all that jazz. And thanks for listening to Has Discusses, man. This is another great episode. Um, links to his content, YouTube. I mean, Instagram and Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. And also, I'll be sure to leave a link to his other podcast as well. Because he, besides The Hoof, he does the other one. We obviously talked about a lot in the show. Jack the Kirby. Um, thank you for listening or watching. Goodbye. Who? Mike. So, if you want to hear some audiobooks and you really don't feel like opening that dirty paper back book or dirty hardcover book you know and you're just you just not you don't have the time to really open books and carry them around with you well if you like podcasts or you like music just get on audiobook and you can do that by joining audible click the link in the description and you'll get a one month free trial of audible and you can also support the channel by joining through that link that link is audibletrial.com slash Mike Media Inc. Or you could just click it down below. And you'll get one month free trial of Audible. And um, there's different type of subscriptions you can get there. There's the $15 a month one, $8 a month one. The $15 a month one has more books available. The $8 a month one does not really have that much books available. But yeah, definitely check out the Audible you know subscription and also support the channel by joining through the link audibletrial.com slash mike media inc or just click it in the description of this video or podcast thank you
If you want to make the move into spending money digitally, use Cash App. You can send and receive money with the app and invest in stocks and Bitcoin. Bitcoin's doing pretty fucking well right now. I don't know anything about it, but I know that through this app you can invest in it. I don't know what that means. That just means that you potentially could make a lot of money. Sure, do it, I guess, if you want. <laughs> Try using my code and you'll get $5 when you join with the app. Like, if you already have it, this ad does not apply to you. The code is VZPM. W-H-J. Or you just click the link in the description and you'll support the channel and be able to digitally spend and receive money and also invest in all that shit. Just click the link, um, the Cash App link there. This um, only works if you have like a phone or something like that. Um, and you get $5 when you join through that code and also we get some money from that as well. Um, yeah, thanks. If you want to support the channel, do that. Click that link, join Cash App. If you want to get some hoodies, t-shirts, or masks, check out Good Vibes Clothing. You can support that channel by using the code HASS at checkout and getting 10% off of your order. But also, using that code will support the channel monetarily. You can get some cool hoodies from this website. Um, the website is gvclothing.weebly. That's two E's. Dot com, or just click the link in the description of this video or podcast. At checkout, use code HASS, H-A-S-S, 10% off, and you can also support the channel by getting a discount and saving money. The owner of this company is a friend of mine, is a local Delawarean, uh, you know, artist and he's really trying to build his brand up so definitely show him some love if you're a local Delaware person or you are a fan of small independent businesses and small entrepreneurs and want to support small entrepreneurs definitely support the good vibes clothing and also you could support me if you're a fan of my content so check it out gvclothing.weebly.com at checkout use code HASS 10% off and you'll support the channel thank you if you want to get some awesome merch, click the link in the description and you can get this merch or you could just look up teespring.com slash stores slash Mike dash has dash merch and you can get some merchandise from the channel or just click it in the description. It's probably easier. And um, yeah, we got some we got a, a shirt with the Mike Media Inc. logo on it and the Hascast logo on the back. Or you got like a Hascast fanny pack. You got Mad Snake merch if you're a fan of that channel, which I also managed too. You can also get a mug. And you can also get a, a fanny pack as well that says Mike Media Inc. on it. Mike Media Inc. cloth face mask. All this is reasonably priced. Uh, the cheapest thing to buy is a mug. And yeah, just definitely check it out. Support the channel and represent Mike Media Inc. And represent this awesome content you know some guy is gonna be walking down the street and he's gonna be like uh what's that shirt that you're wearing and they're gonna and you're gonna be like oh it's the mike Hass merch oh you don't know who mike Hass is you're gonna you're, like you're gonna be like making people look stupid for not watching this amazing fucking content okay that's what you gotta fucking do you gotta make people look stupid for not watching these fucking videos because that's how fucking good they are or podcasts yeah buy the merch you know the vibes if you want to get some fake movie props to either prank your friends or use them in mu music videos or 
use them in movies or something like that, check out viceprops.com. You can use the code HASCASH at checkout for 10% off. Use the referral code in the link below. Use that code and at checkout. Use code HASCASH and has cash and get 10% off any order. You know the vibes. Hope everything's doing well. And be sure to support the channel by getting some vice props. Fake money. If you use that code, it will help the channel monetarily. Thank you. Listen, if you want to support the channel monthly and also get some cool content behind the scenes, unreleased content, or just get discounts on clothing and stuff like that. And also have little text updates that are besides the ones that you see on my website. You can subscribe to me on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Inc. $3 a month. And you get to see some cool, never-before-seen content. I post there about two to three times weekly and um i'm very consistent and also if a video gets removed off of youtube for copyright purposes i'll put it up there you know what i mean and um, i'm always trying to engage with the community and stuff like that you get access to the thriving discord um which is a beautiful thriving discord and uh, you know it's a good community thing we got a lot of chat going on so yeah definitely check out the Mike Media Inc. Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Mike Media Inc. $3 a month. You know the vibes. If you want to use Site123 for your website, it is an excellent way to make websites. I personally use this myself for the two websites I've created, one being Mike Media Inc. the website and also the Successfully Reaching Goals website. I created that and I work with them intensely as a manager of the label. And you can support the channel by clicking the link in the description of this episode and that will take you to the creator part of the you know website thing and you can support the channel by joining through that link thank you click the link in the description to make a website